a rebrand has to be more than just a coat of paint, right? It has to be more than just a new logo. It has to stand for something. It has to be a different articulation or it has to make your customers feel something different or know something different about you because the level of work that goes into something like this is off the charts. And so you have to be, it has to be in service of something that's worthwhile in my opinion. The B2B Marketing Exchange was created with one goal in mind, to help B2B practitioners across marketing and sales be better at their jobs. Now we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. These are the tips and tools you need to succeed. This is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the B2BMX podcast. I'm your host, Claudia Tarico, and I've got Leela Srinivasan, CMO of Momentive, on the podcast with me today. And I'm so excited because Leela has been a great friend to our Demand Gen Report team. And I've been lucky enough to chat with her a few times in the past at events and even virtually as well. And if you haven't heard, Momentive is the new new name and brand of a company you might be pretty familiar with, SurveyMonkey. So last month, SurveyMonkey announced its rebrand to Momentive. So I just wanted to have Leela on the pod with me today to kind of discuss this big change at her organization and what a rebrand actually looks like from a CMO's point of view. Leela, thank you so much for joining me today. It's so great to chat with you again. It's always great to talk with you, Claudia. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to our conversation because really I've got some details about the rebrand from a press release and all that stuff. We covered it on DGR, of course. And the brand defines itself now as a new kind of experience management company offering customers powerful enterprise solutions built for speed and agility, redefined AI, and an emphasis on diversity, equity, and inclusion to help customers shape what's next. So first question for you, what triggered the idea of overhauling the brand to Momentive and why Momentive and why now? Sure. So this is a story I am so excited to tell because it was in some ways years in the making. I've been at Momentive now for over three years and I would say for probably two and a half of those years, we've had spirited internal debate. Myself, our CEO Xander, President Tom Hale, around whether the SurveyMonkey brand, as beloved as it is and as powerful as it is for our self-serve solutions, was the right brand to take us into this next chapter. And when I say next chapter, when I joined the company, probably 10% of our revenues were through our uh, enterprise or B2B solutions. And that has grown steadily over the years. And as we look forward, we see that growth continuing to accelerate. So The conversation was long running. It was really in the last 14 months or so that we got serious about thinking through whether we should explore another name as the overarching name of our company. So wanting to preserve the goodness of SurveyMonkey, which after all created the online survey category has defined it for 20 years, wanting to preserve that for our self-serve solutions, but thinking about how do we go to market with a bigger, more expansive name that helps people on the outside really understand the power and what they can do with our solutions. So that was sort of like why we decided to explore a rebrand. As for why Momentum, so you think about why to make a change from SurveyMonkey. And we know that we have very high aided awareness of the brand SurveyMonkey, far outweighing any other brand in the category. But as we talked to our customers, talked to people out in the outside world that we partner with, when we asked them what SurveyMonkey brought to mind, along with ease of use and lots of other 
positive attributes, business buyers would use words like cute and funny, which, you know, let's face it, are not necessarily the attributes that you're looking to be front and center as you have an enterprise great conversation. And in the meantime, um, and I think we talked about this when I was on the show last year, Claudia, what we've seen is our customers really embracing our solutions to do incredible things, to make mission critical decisions, to really shape what's next. So it was just this mismatch with the name. And as we looked for a new name, we knew we wanted to find a name that could really match the, again, the expansiveness and the power of our offering. So there was a whole process that we went through. I'm happy to go deeper on that, where we started with almost a thousand names, knocked out a bunch through legal considerations, and then got serious about a pool of almost 60 different names, winnowing it down over time. And Momentive was the one that won out. What I love about the name Momentive is, first of all, it's not actually a word yet, although maybe maybe my, my last mission will be to get it in the get it in the dictionary. But it sounds like a word, and it has so much momentum and action, and sort of it feels like a positive action word. And when I think about what we do for our customers, we really empower decision makers to make really critical decisions really quickly. And that speed and agility that you spoke to is so key to our core. And so we love that aspect of momentum. We love the motion that's built into it. We, again, we're helping people shape what's next. And the name just seemed to match the challenge uh, that we're out to, problems that we're out to solve in the world. Awesome. That's fascinating. And that's so funny how everybody was saying Survey Monkey is cute and, and whatever, but <laughs> Momentum is definitely much stronger and, and more powerful and definitely emphasizes the brand in a greater way. So the name changed, right? Anything else? I mean, I know there's you have that fancy, beautiful new logo and some new branding colors. And obviously, that's really not all that goes into a rebrand, right? So what else is new and improved? And what was the process of putting it all together? Yeah, it's a great question, Claudia. And I'm very eager to emphasize that while, yes, this is a rebrand, in some ways, it's a relaunch of the company. And that includes thinking through our positioning and helping people understand the value that we deliver. So again, this, this transition from SurveyMonkey, with Survey just so front and center in that name, it was hard for people to understand the power of the solutions that we offer and the different ways in which we were enabling decision makers to shape what's next. So with this rebrand, when you go to our website, which is momentive.ai, and we'll talk about the AI part in a second, when you go to the solutions area of our site, you get a feel for the breadth of different use cases and benefits that we deliver to customers. So with this rebrand, we've divided our solutions into five different categories, which represent the areas of experience management and insights where we have the most impact. So there's customer experience, which I think, especially coming out of COVID, we've just been through this era of digital transformation where every organization out there has really had to rethink how they interact with their customers. Same thing for employee experience. That's an area of growing awareness and usage in our platform. And we're seeing a lot of organizations really lean into conversations with employees to understand how can they deliver a better employee experience, one that not only attracts but retains their employees, in, uh, especially during the era of the great resignation. Then there's product experience. We have uh, product and UX leaders who leverage our solutions to really understand how their users and customers are experiencing their products how they can continue to improve them and improve the experiences that they're delivering up. And then on the insight side, we have brand insights and market insights. So we're out there helping brand and marketing leaders everywhere get a better pulse on their brand as it exists today, how it stacks up against the competition, what their awareness looks like, but also that brand funnel. 
and helping brand leaders to really understand the power of the campaigns that they're shipping, making sure they make the right decisions as they as they go about deciding which creative direction to take. And then lastly, on the market insight side, you may not know this, but we work with some of the world's most prestigious financial institutions to help their investors, analysts, and so forth to understand in almost real time what's going on in the market so that they can make better investment decisions. So part of this rebrand and relaunch is coming to market with this fresh set of solutions that really capture all the different ways in which we add value to decision makers globally. That's awesome. And I can't help but really emphasize that all of those five categories are so critical these days, especially people working working from home or in a hybrid model and, you know, getting that employee experience and, and having that feedback from employees and customers and all those insights are so, so valuable. And of course, customer and employee feedback, we talked about this topic many, many times, and it's just so critical. And I have to ask, obviously, I know the answer and you alluded to it earlier, but Obviously, I assume you reached out to customers and employees to really help shape that decision of the rebrand and what that all is going to look like. So what did that look like? Did you just send some surveys to customers and employees? Um, What were those conversations like? Yeah, well, so of course, Claudia, this was really, really important to this whole story was how are we going to basically eat in our own restaurant, leverage our own technology to shape what's next for SurveyMonkey and now Momentum. So it really is the meta story in some ways. Feedback from customers and employees did play a major role in our decision-making process really throughout. So when we ran the numbers here, I think we talked all told or got got opinions from over 22,000 respondents across the different types of stakeholder. There were in total 10 different pieces of research that we ran, four qualitative, six quantitative, and that ranged from our own executive team to existing customers and prospects in the outside world, to our own employees. And I'll give you an example of the types of research. So I mentioned the name, the process of winnowing it down to the the winning name. So late in the process, we had narrowed it to 10 names that we felt like were the kinds of names that we could build a really good story around that would tie back to our portfolio and our value. And we made sure that we tested those names in a monadic test. So each respondent saw only one name and commented on that name, gave us feedback on that name in terms of where it sat on the spectrum between playful and serious, for example, and a bunch of different attributes, how well it fit with our category, whether it was a name that appealed to them, and so on and so forth. That was a really key piece of research. And we made sure that we ran that research with people who influence buying decisions for the categories of software that we play in. So that was one example on the customer side. And then on the employee side, once we had zeroed in on the name and confirmed with the board that we were going to do this, it was really important for us to understand where our employees' heads were at, so to speak, in terms of how they perceived the name today, whether they also understood this disconnect between this beloved brand, but also our enterprise ambition. Turns out they did. And through that research, we also got a really strong sense of what it was important to emphasize in our messaging when we rolled this out internally, because this rebrand You think about all the different surface areas that we touch with a rebrand and a relaunch of the company, our 1,500 employees are paramount in making sure that we make this transition gracefully and that they are as excited about it as those of us who are driving the decision were. So in some, feedback was incredibly important. We could not have done this without making sure that we gathered input 
from employees, from customers, from people that touch our brand. And that helps guide the most important aspects of the decision. That's awesome. I mean, 22,000 respondents and counting. That's incredible. I have to ask, are you doing any sort of market research or generating any new insights now that the brand has launched? Absolutely. In fact, I think this week or last week, our new brand tracker launched. And just to back up, we had been running twice a year brand tracker using our own technology. So going out to market, understanding awareness, but also people's preference, consideration, loyalty, and so forth for our brand relative to competition. And that had been running for for multiple years. We're now switching with our own brand tracker technology, which is available to anyone out there to continuously tracking awareness of a brand. Because of course, when you launch a brand, there's a lot of awareness building that needs to happen. And also just understanding how quickly people build an affinity for that brand. So that is research that you can bet we'll have a close eye on in the coming months. Awesome. And being that you were CMO of Surrey Monkey, obviously now you're CMO of Momentive, I'd love to hear about the process of what a rebrand looks like from a CMO's point of view. What were you responsible for? What role did you play in the entire rebrand and now now marketing this new brand to the world? Yeah, well, I'll start by saying I'm here talking on behalf of the hundred or more people that were intimately involved in making this happen. So there was a very large team behind the scenes that drove the execution of this once we'd made the decision to do it. I partnered very closely with my VP of brand marketing, Karen Budell, who was just a phenomenal partner. And in fact, she joined the company in January of last year and her hiring was done with this rebrand being a potential thing that we want, we'd want to pull the trigger on. But in terms of my role, I mean, this is sort of my baby in some ways, right? I mean, it's a, again, it's a conversation that had been going on between myself, the CEO and the president of the company for a little while. And the decision to go for it was an executive decision at the, across the leadership team. And what I mentioned that one of the early pieces of research that we ran was qualitative research among our executive team. And what we heard in that research was, again, a lot of affinity and love for the Survey Monkey brand, but widespread acknowledgement that that brand was not the right brand for this next chapter. So once that decision had been made, Karen and I worked to bring in an agency partner to help us decide on which name we were going to go with, to help build out that identity. Our internal team were instrumental in the building of that brand identity and, of course, building up the website that was key to the launch, Momentum.ai, and thinking through the positioning and the messaging and how we package the solutions that I mentioned. So Ultimately, it took a village to get this done, both internally and externally, because as I mentioned, the internal dialogue with employees and how you roll this out to your to your employee base is just incredibly important. But ultimately, I suppose I, I was the person responsible for it all. So it has been quite the journey over the last 14, 15 months. And I'm just so grateful to the team that helped propel us to this uh, successful launch. That's incredible. So congratulations to you for all of this amazing work that you've been doing during a pandemic and working from home, I'm sure it wasn't easy. Can you share, being that you lived through this in this age of digital transformation, and obviously, you know, it definitely takes a village. So what are some important things for organizations to consider when the idea of a rebrand comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, this, gosh, this is probably a long topic that we could get into. But for us, I think being in our, our unique situation where we had such high awareness and a lot of love for the SurveyMonkey brand, and we knew that from previous research cycles, 
part of the consideration here was how can we have our cake and eat it? In other words, how can we preserve the value of that SurveyMonkey brand, which, by the way, continues to be a really important product in our portfolio as Momentive? How can we continue to support SurveyMonkey.com and all of the marketing that we do that leads back to SurveyMonkey.com while building up this additional enterprise presence and brand, which is alongside SurveyMonkey, that's actually we're using the Momentive brand for our market research, brand insights and, and market insight solutions. We're also using Momentum, of course, as the overarching company brand. So it is a more expensive proposition. So you have to be committed. You have to believe it's worthwhile and you have to be committed to supporting, in our case, an additional website, additional brand work and making sure that you invest in that. So that's one thing to think about. Another is to make sure that as you go through this process, you have a clear sense of what is your North Star and where are you trying to get to? For us, one of the things I'm glad to say is as we went into this, what we didn't have to do was revisit our vision and our values, which are such foundational constructs for our company. I had worked with our chief people officer, Becky Cantieri, to roll out fresh mission, vision and values right before the pandemic. I think we launched on March 4th of of last year. So we got that in under the wire. And what we discussed as a leadership team in contemplating this rebrand was Okay, so our vision is to raise the bar for human experiences by amplifying individual voices. Nothing has changed about that. That is still our North Star and what we ultimately aim to do in the world. Our mission initially was to power the curious, by which we meant enabling organizations to turn feedback into action. We did update that slightly. So now it's uh, our mission is to power the curious so they can shape what's next, because we felt like that was bolder and uh, stronger and more aspirational. But our values as a company are intact, and that was really important to our employees and something that came out of the the survey as well. So our DNA is unchanged. The question was, how do we build up the stories and embrace this new name around that unchanged core so that we, again, sort of the, the strategy of having your cake and eating it. We love our company culture. We love everything that we stand for. But it was time to tell a really fresh set of stories on the outside. And on that note, what I'll say is a rebrand has to be more than just a coat of paint. Right? It has to be more than just a new logo. It has to stand for something. It has to be a different articulation or it has to make your customers feel something different or know something different about you because the level of work that goes into something like this is off the charts. And so you have to be, it has to be in service of something that's worthwhile in my opinion. And so I was really pleased that we, we really embraced the spirit of that bold move and looked to take on not only a new brand and a new identity, but also a new story and a new set of customer stories as well, powering us into this next chapter. I love that. So basically, you have to go all in or go home, right? <laughs> I mean, I, you know, in some ways, right? it's sort of like I started this year with my team and I stood up at our, our first marketing all hands of the year. And I said, look, guys, we're going to this is the year to be bold. This is it. This is it. We spent last year. We did incredible work in 2020, tap dancing and reacting and being agile ourselves and just adapting to a world that was shifting all around us. And I really wanted this year to be a year where we took matters into our own hands and we just went for it. And that was really the spirit of this rebound. That's awesome. But, you know, I'm sure that included some risks and some challenges. So what were some of the hiccups during the process? (laughs) Oh, it was all smooth as could be. (laughs) uh, Seriously, though. I have to give credit to the team. I think one of the things you really unlock and grow to appreciate in times like this is just how agile and 
what quick thinking and thinking on your feet you see from your team. Things, I guess, maybe challenges or things we underestimated. I would say I personally underestimated the magnitude of what it would take from an internal perspective. So you think about a rebrand, right? Renaming your company also means renaming your internal systems and the accounts that you have with different vendors. Like, so for example, Workday. (laughs) Our Workday instance has to shift to Momentum. Our email domains are now shifting to Momentum. That will happen next month. All of our payroll and, you know, I find myself being asked to sign off on decisions on what we were going to call our different entities in different parts of the world where we operate. So it's just sort of like there's this really long tail of systems change and operational change that it's a large lift and it does require a broad set of different bodies within the organization. So, for example, like our VP of IT and our business systems leader and all sorts of other people were in these weekly stand-ups that were really more about the operational ramifications of making a change like this. So everything is moving along as planned with the help of these great partners that we have. It's just that it, when we talked about the brand change this time last year, I wasn't thinking about those types of operational change that would need to follow on from making that brand switch. And there's cost and there's resource involved in that. So you just have to be cognizant that that's coming. Fascinating. Personally, I love the topic of brand because just like you said earlier, it's not just like slapping that paint on, changing a logo and some company colors, right? So, and you talked about it briefly earlier, but I'd love to hear, you know, how do you define brand in B2B marketing as a whole? I like to think of brand and B2B marketing as what people say about your organization when you're not in the room. To me, it's the sum of the sum of your customers' experiences across all touch points. And when I say all touch points, this is why I've been such a proponent of the rise of employer branding and how your employees talk about working at your organization, because I do find that the worlds are blending. And if your employees are proud to work at your company and are sharing those stories, that has a positive sort of halo effect on your social presence and how others on the outside world perceive you. So brand to me in B2B marketing is now this confluence of employer brand, corporate brand, and it's people's impressions of your organization. It's what they would say when you're not in the room. It's born of their experiences with your products, with your people, and what they observe about your brand as it operates. I love that. And I've had a few conversations and have heard many stories around that topic of brand versus demand, right? So as a CMO, how do you maintain that balance between brand and demand? And what sort of advice would you give other marketers kind of struggling with with, with that balance? Yeah, I think, I mean, brand and demand are kind of the yin and the yang. Yeah. And it's hard. It's so hard when you're in a, a business that is focused on demand gen and building up leads and pipeline and so forth, because when if you're not doing quite enough in that dimension, it's so tempting to just keep pouring on the bottom of the funnel. But the reality is, if you don't have enough top of funnel leads, it's probably because you haven't invested enough in your brand and storytelling to stimulate the interest. So I do think there's a really delicate balance between brand and demand. And I'll be honest, we're still deciding at Momentum exactly where we want to land in the long run in terms of resource allocation to uh, what we call strategic spend rather than brand. I have to credit Dennis, our uh, VP of growth marketing with that one. What we found out is that some board members and finance types have a bit of a visceral reaction when you start talking about brand spend. It sounds wasteful. They immediately go to Super Bowl ads and that is not what you mean at all, right? If instead you talk about strategic spend to basically 
uh, boost people's awareness and understanding and perception of your of your organization and your products and your services and help educate them on how you can add value, then that's how I think about brand spend these days. And so we're still trying to figure out exactly where we'll land in terms of proportion of resources that go to brand versus demand. But I can tell you both are important. And even when your CRO or CEO is barking at you for more leads, you have to stay the course and make sure that you're at least investing something in that storytelling, because that ultimately is what is going to help juice the top of your funnel. Very fascinating. I love this topic so much, and I wish I could continue the conversation and and keep things going. But my final question for you is, what's next for Momentive? What do you guys have in the works now for the rest of the year? So Claudia, as we mentioned earlier, when you go through a brand shift of this magnitude, you want to keep an ear to the ground. So as I think about the rest of the year, we're definitely doing that through our brand tracker, through listening to our sales team and customer conversations to just better understand how this is being received. The short answer so far is customers are really on board with it and just as excited as we are, which is which is fantastic. But we don't take anything for granted. We'll continue listening there. We have some really exciting product news in the works. Uh, nothing that I can share today, but really all in the spirit of helping our customers shape what's next across those different solutions categories that I mentioned. So stay tuned and we will be back in touch with you when there's more news to share. Absolutely. Yes. We'd love to have you back to get an update. And I look forward to seeing all the awesome things you do. Well, that's all of the questions that I have for you today. Thank you so much, Leela, for spilling the details. Good luck with the next chapter. And of course, congratulations on your new baby. And of course, thank you to everyone listening today. It's always a pleasure to host you here on the B2BMX podcast. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the pod on the streaming service of your choice. And of course, hit us up on social media. You could find us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Just search at B2BMX or you could reach out to me directly. My handle is at Claudia Tarico or at DG underscore report. I'd love to hear from you. So share your thoughts, feedback and guest suggestions anytime. Leela, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Claudia. It's been a blast. Awesome. That's a wrap for me today, folks. Thanks again for joining us and I'll catch you next week.